follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. My name is Shad. I am here with Matt and Brad. We are happy you guys could join us. We're going to be doing something big tonight. But first, gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I am a sad Shad because I am back at work from uh, my paternity leave, and it's it's the worst. <laughs> I I don't want to be back. That is super hard to go back to. Some people are like, oh, you probably want to go back. Like, you want to reprieve. And I'm like, no, I, I don't. I would rather just be sitting on my ass, like, playing with my kid or feeding my kid or doing stuff with my kid versus uh, just, like, slaving away in an office all day. So, yeah, you were happy, right? Mm-hmm. It's content. Yeah. No, I get it. I That's one of the toughest transitions to make is going back to work after being home with your newborn. It's well, plus, super- my, head, my head isn't, like, in work right now. Like, yeah. it's not. My, <laughs> No, not at at all. I know when I had my gallbladder removed, I like, I was texting my boss after like a week and a half and I'm like, I'm coming back and they're like, you sure? And I'm like, I am bored. If I have to watch another episode of American Pickers, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I'm coming back. Well, you didn't have to watch Pickers. Yeah, but when, when you literally can't lift more than 10 pounds, like you're pretty much stuck with watching TV all Mm -hmm. day. And um, you're on drugs for a lot of it, so, yeah. You kind of <laughs> just stick to simple-to-digest stuff. He's here. Drugs, do it, Cox. You don't want none of these. All right. Also, <clears throat> I am I am also sad because this past weekend, we, we literally witnessed the um, a legend retire from the sport. And when I say legend, I am not. I am not joking. Not so it's not an exaggeration in the in the absolute least. A, he is a, a legend. legend among legends, probably. Mm-hmm. If if we talk about legends <laughs> in the U.S., then you got to consider how those legends. You got to consider the lengths of their careers, right? Because who would who would be like off the top of your head? Who would have the longest continuously active career of a legend in the U.S.? It's still active, you would say. Or just not still active, but uh, he's had like Nick Bockwinkle probably because he wrestled. <laughs> he wrestled till he's he... like sixty. Oh, I was gonna say, he just didn't wrestle anymore. Is no. he dead? Yeah, he just died recently. But he wrestled like I mean, yeah. he had a match in like ninety two, and like those those sixty minute matches like Kurt Henning, he was like in his early fifties. Nick Bockwinkle, or I don't know, maybe Flair. You know, that's that's long term, but when you you compare are, are we dancing around saying who it is for fun or, or like, have we just there's some luchadors i know mill mascaris was wrestling into his 70s uh, but he was he's terrible 
well, quote yes. unquote wrestling. Um, but you know, with can I? With, I'll. This is like a weird thing to throw out, but Mike Jackson is still wrestling. He, yeah, he's still wrestling. Mike Jackson. Um, he was big in like what in NWA. He was definitely like a. He was a job like guy. A, he was kind of like a job guy. He was like a journeyman, but he was totally on like you know, like late eighties NWA. Um, yeah, you probably yeah. see him on that. He's a good worker. He's still wrestling, and he I think just turned seventy, wow. and he was just on a Game Changer wrestling um, show, and looked fucking like sorry to curse, but he he looked in better shape than I ever <laughs> I've ever been, and he's seventy. Wow. And he was out there moving. Like, he was doing pretty good. He wasn't, like, they weren't, like, soft-shoeing. You know how, like, you get an older guy, they they, they really go soft on, like, their moves. Like, they, yeah. they weren't really doing that. And he didn't look soft. He looked pretty good. Oh, wow. That's, but I'm digressing. But, we're yeah. talking about Who are a we different tiptoeing around? Who wants to say it? <laughs> Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. You, I was going to say, you got to consider how long Liger's career was and how active he was for so much and of it. I think he's actually like, if you're if you're one of those people that like talk about like getting lucky in life or have excuses for why you're not being successful, like this guy was not wanted in Japan and went to Mexico, and they literally had to call New Japan and say, "Hey, you got to come and get this guy because he's starving to death." Oh, wow. And um, went back to Japan, got this gimmick, and then became, like, a living legend. I mean, like I said, a legend among legends. Like, there, there's something to be said from believing in yourself and, like, working hard and, mm. um, you know, persevering. Yeah. Well, and, and just all the... Not just all the the great matches he's had, but all of the people he's worked with, all of these names, you know, just staggering. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of the most iconic uh, entrance songs ever. Mm-hmm. I need to go back and listen to it again. It's been so long since I listened to that it. That was my biggest disappointment when he did NXT was they did not use his standard song. Really? Oh. Uh, this is a this is like just a weird anecdote about uh, my kind of fan appreciation of him. He was the first pay per view I ever convinced my parents to buy for me was mm-hmm. uh, WCW NW and sorry not NWO that's it was way before this it was WCW <laughs> WCW New Japan um, the Super Show three that's what at least it was styled in a. Uh, in North America, um, I got it because back at the time it was, it was basically it was it was just a New Japan show, but they had taped it obviously, and it but they since uh, WCW had a working relationship with them, they just put on a show where it was basically WCW guys uh, either teaming with or facing uh, New Japan guys, and the pay per view was just aired uh, for like it was like ten dollars, and I could convince my parents because back in the early nineties. Like ten bucks wasn't like a big deal. I mean, I guess cost of inflation, it probably really wasn't ten bucks. Back back in the day, it was probably more like a twenty dollar, maybe like a twenty dollar pay per view. Nowadays, but it was a small price, and my parents bought it for me. And the first match on that show was Jushin Thunder Liger versus Ultimo Dragon, 
Oh wow! For the I believe it was for the the junior heavyweight title, and I, I mean, I had been watching wrestling at that point probably less than a year, maybe like six months. Mm-hmm. And I watched that show, and like that match blew me away because they were doing stuff both in submission holes and high flying moves that I had never seen anyone do. And it just like, it was crazy. I, I would have to see how it, I'd have to watch it again to see how it stacks up because now it is, you obviously have like Will Ospreay or Ricochet or, you know, other people doing like crazy acrobatic moves. And I don't think it was anything like that. <laughs> My memory doesn't, I, I don't believe it was anything like that, but I'm sure it will still hold up as a good match. It was great. I've always had this weird theory like about Liger and why he stayed good for so long. And I, I know no one would ever do it, but I kind of would like to get money and study his physique because I have a theory like, because if you ever watch him, he has like an oddly proportioned body. Like he's very bottom heavy. Mm-hmm. If you look at him. And I've always wondered if that's what allowed him to stay as mobile and stuff as he was for so long because of how he carried his weight. That's part of what Foley credits his career to is, is having a grant will grant it's, it's not necessarily the most aesthetic body shape, but it's perfect for absorbing bumps. So you may very well be onto something with that. And I, I always, I always tell my wife when we've watched his matches is it's amazing how you can cover a guy from head to toe and, um, he can emote so much. <clears throat> yeah, he's a he really is a legend uh, in many respects, but also in that too, like a guy who yeah, fully cl- clothed. The only thing really you see is his hair and his his hands, and he was able to just have so much body charisma that he was able to emote. And you could actually get very emotionally invested in his matches. Well, that's like a lot of um, old school North America stuff. You see, they would tell stories about going, for example to see Jerry Lawler. And even if you were sitting in the back row of whatever the arena in Memphis was, you st- and looking at Lawler's back, you knew what the look on his face was by how he emoted. You just don't see that a lot. <clears throat> and it, obviously, you weren't going to see what the look on Liger's face was regardless. So <clears throat> that's that's just so important, and he just nailed it so well. I'm not saying that Liger wasn't like in a great league of it. I'm just <clears throat> trying to give a little context on how remarkable it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, in his uh, in his, I guess, um, retirement speech, one of the things he was talking about, which actually I, I haven't watched the speech. I've only seen like clips of it. I haven't seen the entire show, uh, the ceremony and everything. But he was talking about how his mom was there. That his mom is uh, elderly and in poor health. I mean, Liger is. Not that old. I think he's like in his mid fifties, which uh-huh. in the grand in the grand scheme of things, that's not old for a wrestler. Obviously, he's uh, he is up there. But he was talking about how his mom was there, and he just like thanked his mom, uh, you know, for raising him, you know, I guess correctly, <laughs> and allowing just kind of, you know, encouraging him to be, you know, one of the fantastic professional wrestler that he was, and that kind of that kind of got me emotional. Like my I don't have a mom anymore. Like my mom passed away a few years ago. So anytime someone is like that, like they're thanking their mom, like <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, I got to yeah. clutch my heart. Isn't, um, it tugs on my heartstrings. Isn't Vince's mom still alive? Uh, she might've passed away not that long ago, but 
I, no, I was, don't know. It was sure. it was John McCain's mom, I think, that's still kicking, isn't she? I think she is. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, ever since I, I had kids, I turned into a giant softy. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Matt. You start hearing stuff, and before you'd be like, "That's that's such a well done, heartfelt speech," and now I'm just like, "Oh my god, I'm just." <laughs> My, my favorite thing I ever saw with Lager, I think you can find this on YouTube. I don't know what the search would be, but he had this camera crew with him this one time and he would sneak into the guy's rooms, like in their hotel room and stuff and try to pin them in their sleep. <laughs> and you know, what's nice about that. It's a rib that's not like permanently harmful. And my favorite part was like Toji Makabe was snoring like a chainsaw, and I'm like, of course he fucking snores like a chainsaw. Because <laughs> my, I, I and Matt's gonna agree with this, but my favorite thing um, about watching New Japan is a lot of a lot of those guys don't speak English, but they love throwing fuck around. Oh. <laughs> like some of those guys, yeah, two they do, words and they'll just be like, "Fuck you!" It's like, well. We know who you've been talking to, because that's what Toji Makabe does. That's one of his things. Is he'll he gives guys the double barrel finger and goes "fuck you" and then does this like hilarious, like evil laugh and then like nails them in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, Brad, I just looked it up. Apparently, Vince McMahon's mother is still alive. Yeah, what, she what? Nineteen twenty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's like she's. Wow, she's turning a hundred. She's turning a hundred this year. Yeah. Yikes. That's got that's some good genes though, man. Like there's long life. There's just like a genetic jackhammer joke in there or something, but I don't know what it is. I mean, you look at Vince, I mean, what what is he like? He's like seventy two or seventy three, right? Yeah. I mean he's in he's pretty up. good shape for for his age. Yeah. He's seventy four. Vince is one of those people that just he keeps going, and at some point, he's just gonna stop and drop. It, it's it's not gonna be a, a gradual decline for Vince McMahon. You know what though? Like, you know when he really looked old is after he tore both of his his quads. Like that's when he started oh, to look yeah, old. That's like true. he he aged he aged like ten years after that happened. That clip's still hilarious though. But I mean, I know he was in pain, but like. <laughs> Him just sitting there, <laughs> helpless in the ring, trying to still like do his part. Oh my yeah. god! I I st- I laugh at that. And I know I shouldn't because like that had to suck. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we're gonna go ahead and do uh, do our shoutouts real quick before we dive into the meat of this. Um, first shoutout is gonna be to uh, Collar and Elbow, Collar and Elbow Brand uh, use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's number four, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast. Save ten percent off of your order. I know that there's been some some stuff come in for for some of the guys, um, and and there's going to be another thing coming in for you. But uh, that's you know it's quality gear. It's good stuff. Um, and. Uh, Matt, we'll do your shout out and then I'll do my announcement. How's that sound? Great. That would be, uh, my shout out would be to the man himself, Epico Cologne. Um, still counting down the days till Epico's contract is up with WWE. 
so he can do fantastic, more fantastic things in Puerto Rico. And now that I've been watching kind of some additional wrestling stuff, like wrestling uh, promotions, I swear, like, I really would love to see him or him and Primo in, like, NWA power. I'd like to see or, like, in MLW. MLW. Yeah. yeah, I think either one of those promotions, they could really make, like, an impact, and it would be really fascinating to watch. And if I, I could just add something, Shad. I, yeah. This past week, I was wearing uh, the, my two latest collar and elbow shirts, and they were fantastic. Oh, yeah? Awesome. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Primo and Epico and MLW, if they get, if they if their contracts run out, isn't um, unheard of because Savio Vega has been wrestling there. You know what? You're right. I I forgot about that. That's a name I haven't thought about in a long time. I know it's 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 a it's like a blast from the past. Matt, um, which shirts did you get? By the way, uh, I have know? the I have the Ichiban shirt. Okay. Which is nice, and uh, the Bad Street <laughs> in Colorado, <laughs> uh, which I love. Both of them are extraordinarily comfy and fantastic. Excellent. I still want the Waffle House one, but it is forever out of my size. So yeah, I, I, I'll check in with them periodically to see if it's back in. Hasn't been yet, so we're waiting on that. Um, and the announcement. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and announce uh, the winner of our giveaway. That would be none other than our friend from Twitter. That would be Mr. Beefy himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to be sending that out. Uh, should be this week, provided work doesn't get squirrely on me. So keep your eyes on the mail. It's it it's going to be coming in an old pro wrestling crate box because that was the best box for it I could find. <clears throat> but um, it is packed with stuff. So, uh, congratulations on the win. We want to thank everybody who participated. And uh, everybody out there listening, thank you for listening. We hope you have a good time. And now. Are we talking about Biggie's resolution to be more depraved and um, (laughs) and evil this year as his New Year's regression? I I, I thought it would. I hadn't seen that. I thought it was going to be about. Whenever you brought up Big E, I thought it was going to be about being the best possible stepdad to Becky Lynch that he could be. But No, he promised to get fatter and um, exercise less and <laughs> be more despicable than ever, I think. I'd have to find the tweet. But I think he, I think he tweets that every year, actually. I like it. I, I like it because I've still got that image in my head from the ride-along of Big E standing in the entryway of the Waffle House staring at Kofi while he shovels hash browns in his mouth. Just stand there staring at him, eating out of the plate, looking at him. <laughs> I need to find that and screenshot it and make that an episode uh, thumbnail sometime. But no, we are going to be looking back. We are going to be going grand scale here. We're going to be talking about the decade that we just left. Now, for the nitpicky of you, yes, yes, I know. The de- They say the decade's supposed to start with the one. And the 10 is the last year of it. But you know what? Get fucked. Um, That's not how it works. We're not doing that. We're not at me. I I did that for the millennium, but I'm not doing that here. You know, just just roll with it and enjoy (laughs) enjoy the content. You can't can't say the the changing of of the second digit is more important than the sequential idea of numbers. Like, so get over it. Like, that's not how it works. 
we're not going to worry about it. We're just going to have us a, a good like you show talking about. Stuff. You don't. You don't say, "Oh, the 1930s," and think 1940 is part of the 1930s. That's not how it works. It is technically correct. I'm led to believe that's the best kind of correct, and yet no. So um, here we go. We're going to be digging in for the last decade. I, I wish I had a, a good like reverb effect or or a song here, but. I got nothing, so we're just gonna go with it. <laughs> so we we kind of we kind of threw this idea out there, and then when we started, kind of I started throwing ideas out there, and it actually this decade was kind of a big decade with a lot going on. Like whereas the the two thousands, I feel like was a very bland decade that just kind of stayed the same throughout, minus WCW and ECW closing. But this decade, mm-hmm. I feel like wrestling really. Wrestling in 2020 is completely different than it was in 2010. Oh, there's been some huge changes. Some huge changes. Now, we've got a list of topics we're going to hit, but um, Brad, you, you, you kind of had, uh, had a framework, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to go ahead and get us started in terms of topics. Well... Um, so I think the biggest thing that this decade changed is just how you watch wrestling. Like, I know I know Matt knows the suffering, but back in the two thousands or even like the late nineties, if you if you wanted to follow an indie promotion or even Japan, like you had to go seek out either VHS tapes or DVDs, and you would see those shows probably like months after they happened. Oh yeah. Like I think I think you're doing good if you were seeing a show three months after it happened. And that's going for like American stuff too. That was a long standing tradition on, on tape trading and that sort of stuff because that yeah. went back to I mean, you know, that's kinda like the the I don't know if this is throwing another name around, but the that's that's like how a promoter I used to work for and Jim Cornette became friends was tape trading back and forth and all the stuff that went into that so that's you know that's what the 70s all the way up until this decade that's 40 years of this is how you watch stuff that you weren't you didn't have ready access to i think i still have vhs's in this house with wrestling on it um, actually so i think i even looked it up um i in 2008 i ordered a bunch of Chikara DVDs, and they were 20 bucks a pop. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty common. Yep. Because I know I used to destroy those <clears throat> ROH, like, end-of-year sales, where it was like, buy three, get one free. Okay. I used to I used to nail those pretty hard, because that was the cheapest way to do it. Sure. And I know it was a big deal, like, I think around... The beginning of the decade, actually, DVDs got down to you could get them for like twelve or fifteen dollars from a promotion, which made that a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And you might be able to hit some sales. I think SmartMark started doing some stuff with that, but then a big change happened with WWE Network, and all these promotions started to provide streaming services, and then you could follow them for a couple of dollars, and then it became pretty commonplace to see shows as they happened like i mean i can't think of any major indie promotion now that you can't watch 
their shows live if you choose to. Well, there's um, it's it, it's funny you bring that up, and and here we are with yeah, oddly, you know, WWE did blaze the path with this by putting the network out. Amusingly, it took them so long to get it working right. Like whenever they had their press conference that they were announcing this, and and there's a part of me that thinks that this is a um, this is actually something to give Triple H credit for, but. It took them so like they announce it. They have the press conference. They have the goodie bags are given out to anybody. Everybody. They have Chromecast in the bags to say, "Hey, this you know we're going to have Chromecast support soon." They finally got it in there three years later, and it, it took them. A, yeah, no kidding, right? It took them a long time to get stuff figured out into a usable interface that was not terribly hard to navigate. And then they went and botched that up here recently too, but. Yeah, it, that and you were going to talk about the availability of old content. And I'm going to shut up and let you continue. Well, I think I think well, I want to say the network still doesn't work right because that UI change they did over the summer. And I know we've I know people that listen to this show every week are rolling their eyes because we've I think you and I went on a tirade about that even recently about how terrible the UI is now. But I but think most, you're right. But, but most people who are wrestling fans who have the network who try to watch stuff like, agree like this is not something that we're just us are bringing up like it's kind of across the board yeah i don't know why it, they i don't know who they went with I, I presume they were just trying to save bucks and went with a a different provider or uh it person who switched everything up but it's it's awful it yeah that that's true i, I, I understand like a streaming service can be quite expensive, but I mean, come on. I think they just do everything on a shoestring budget. I think that's the problem. Well, I, yeah. Would it? I, I don't know. Maybe I don't have the framework for understanding this well, but would it not have been cheaper just to leave it the hell alone <laughs> and just be like, we've already got this. We're going to keep using this. No, because someone probably needed to justify their job. So they they revamped it. My favorite phrase for that is the the justify your existence uh, moment. Yeah, that's so, probably what happened. Anyway. There. Or, you know, someone <clears throat> but this led- or someone got a bug up their butt that they needed to um, they needed to change it and then made yeah. it worse. Because, you know, in my experience, when websites change their UI, they always make it worse. Always make it worse. It It's. I don't know if it's comforting or frustrating to have that kind of consistency, you know? Well, I just know, like, I go to a lot of websites now, and my I, I get old man about it, but I constantly complain to my wife, like, I don't know how websites in 2020 are harder to navigate than they were in, like, the mid-2000s. It's just ridiculous. Well, when you had your own GeoCities website, you put all the links in one place so you didn't have to do the extra work. Well, like, I mean, if you want to read any news article, you, you're instantly getting attacked by malware, and then you try and yeah. you try and block that out, and then you're getting, like, attacked by videos that are auto-playing. It's just, it's ridiculous. Oh, God. Yeah, that's the worst. That Yeah, that's that's the, uh, as, as some friends of ours have used the parlance before, the nut low. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, that's utterly terrible. Because, because I know when I'm going to a place to read an article, I want a video to tell me what I'm reading because that, that makes sense. Especially like if I'm trying to do it on my phone at work and my phone's muted, like good job. Like all you're doing is making it harder for me to read your stuff. 
Yeah. Or or you're making sure that people that have a low data cap on their usage are never going to come back to your site. Yeah. Ever again. And every news site does that now. Yeah. Um, you mentioned just seeing all the rise of the other options. You know, after after WWE's, well, even before that, we kind of had a little variance in the the decade before of of offerings, but not in <clears throat> not in format. But you know, we started getting stuff on YouTube. Yeah, that's um, true. you know, being the elite and and now NWA Power. Uh, I think we can we can tip our hat to a lot of this stuff directly to Zack Ryder, to be honest with you. What? So uh, I know. Um... I know way back, we're talking like 2004, 2005 into 2006, like I used to join specific message boards where you had to like get invite only and you could, you would hope someone would be nice enough to upload like the matches individually from shows as like an AVI file and Mm -hmm. that was your way to like catch some stuff or, you know, there were some torrent sites back then. I don't think the main one even exists anymore. I think that one, no, I think PW Torrents is still around. Maybe, but like getting a getting an invite to Demonoid, you're waiting a year and a half to get oh, something like I that. Still, I still, oh, I miss Demonoid wow. so much. <laughs> that's that's taking me back. You know, you know what upsets <laughs> me that Demonoids never really come back properly is is um, no site has ever had the assortment of books that the Demonoid had. Uh, I'll be honest with you, at the time I wasn't really looking for much in the way I was looking. Pretty much just for wrestling stuff. Demonoid was the best. So we had, um, you know, we also, iPay-per-views became a bigger thing. They started out super buggy. <laughs> well, you know, the iPay-per-view really kind of, I think, well, I guess it kind of turned into fight. The the, the iPay-per-view, I, th- I feel like, had, like you said, some growing pains because you had, you know, connection issues. I think pricing was a real issue on those for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And then, like, so we got the WWE Network, and then we kind of, I think, I think actually past the WWE Network, where people really saw that it was viable, was New Japan World. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, still, I had that on my list here too. I still think New Japan is still shocked that it caught on in America like it did. <laughs> I will um I will I will throw some like shade their way though. Like they maybe because we're in North America, like they haven't really just decided to throw the money at it. But to me, like their actual like apps like for the uh the fire stick and some of those uh like uh smart TVs or things like that. It's still like terrible. Like I, I will run into buffering issues. I think the problem with is, it. is people in Japan just use their laptops, so they don't feel the need to like. I understand that, but it's not always convenient for me to have a laptop in front of yeah, me. Yeah, I know. I'd rather do it. I'd rather watch it like on my TV. I'd rather you know be sitting there watching it on a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. But that's. It doesn't work, but if I if I stream it, uh, either I mean even on my phone, I can stream it pretty well. Uh, it, it, I have no issues. Laptop, my phone. Um, I haven't tried it on my, one of my tablets, but I, I should. But I mean, I wish they would put a little more investment into like the uh, the actual yeah. apps. But 
overall, you are correct. Like it's having the ability to watch those New Japan shows, some of them live. Mm-hmm. Like that's fantastic, and that's uh, that's. I mean, it's been a huge thing. I know. Just this past weekend was Wrestle Kingdom 14, and I know like several people who are who were watching it live, um, which was a little bit difficult because of the time difference. Oh, there, were, yeah, you have yeah, to some, do that stuff. Some people were starting. Yeah, some people were starting. I think at like one o'clock because yeah. like the time difference. That's just when things were happening. And I will get. I will give them credit though. They have they have um the site has become much more English friendly since it mm-hmm. started. Because I was gonna say, can you uh, can you imagine even ten years ago? I'm sorry, Brad. I'll I'll shut no, up in a fine. second. Even ten years ago, looking at him and say, you know, you're gonna be able to watch New Japan stuff. Um, you know, before too terribly long, you know, uh, on your on your own thing without some sort of like weird potentially might steal your personal information website or something like that you'd be like oh come on dude let's let's be real and and yet here we are well i remember like the first couple weekends it was available because i got it pretty quick like Meltzer had to tell you how to sign up for it because <laughs> i don't think i i know google used <coughs> so you, you used to have to use google translate to get the page like even semi-readable but they have like an english like tab now that you can click on mm-hmm. so that that helps a lot and and i think it's just it's amazing that you can follow a promotion for ten dollars or less in a lot of cases mm-hmm and and this promotion is this is the promotion that so far we spent so long like you said hunting hunting stuff for it and then now it's just like ah 10 bucks you can watch it oh i i still have vhs's of like the new japan stuff i bought like in the early 2000s <clears throat> the well, mentioning the other uh the other companies that are there you know I rem- for me the hallmark moment uh, of they're the the shining example of this at least in my experience um, was I, I started out being a Samoa Joe Mark I like to think pretty early maybe not but um, the I remember one of the get one of my friends telling me one of my efetting friends uh, telling me about the the Joe versus Punk trilogy I had to spend eight months trying to piece together all three of these matches so I could actually watch all of them. Oh, back in the day and, where people yeah, them, so you had the, to buy, get them in parts. Yeah, that was... Yeah, and it, that was in the early 2000s. Trying to, trying to watch this, and they were so damn long that it took forever for me to either find good sources for it or... <clears throat> have the source be active long enough for me to get the whole thing and and dodge the uh the enforcement on the uh the, the, the network at my college. oh okay yeah so i've not exactly had good luck on that there's i've a lot of my the providers i've had through the course of my life have been like real bulldogs on it's like don't you be doing this we watch for it oh i have no caps so i can um but they 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 for some reason, they still watch like whatever kind. Of, I don't have a cap either, but they they're still looking for like, mmm, smells fishy. It's just like, oh god. All right. So the other sorry the the game changer I think well 
there's a couple game changers for me personally, but like um, computer storage becoming so um, cheap really changed the way I store my wrestling. Like I, I really don't buy DVDs anymore. I just download stuff and keep them on terabyte drives. So I, if you saw like my stack of terabyte drives, I think I have like five or six of them that are just full of wrestling. Mm. And so on top of that, um, the Plex media program really changed my consumption of wrestling. So if you don't have Plex, what that is, is it's a program a lot of smart TVs have, and you can get on the Roku box. And what that does is it lets you create a little server between your laptop and your television. And then all you do is you put a, you, you, you designate a folder on your laptop and then you put video files in there and then you can watch it on your TV. Oh, wow. So that really changed wrestling for me because now all those files on my computer, I can watch on my TV. Sure. Hmm. And that's also now nice if you. That's also nice if you get the riff tracks downloads because then you can watch them on your TV. <laughs> <laughs> but that's super easy. Once you have it, it's easy to set up. But then all if you have a file in in that folder, your TV will see it. And a lot of smart TVs yeah. have that enabled now, so you don't even have to use a Roku app. Nice. Um, this kind of feeds in with with something else that we had on our list. If you don't, Matt, Matt, I'm not. If I'm running off before you get to say something you want to, tell me to shut up, and I probably will for a minute. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm aware of my shortcomings. Dang it. Um, is you you mentioned the availability of footage, and it's not just like you know I'm able to get New Japan. I'm able to get. Ring of Honor and Impact and, and uh, AEW stuff, but the availability of other footage as well. Yes, yeah, so because now we're in this place where, and and yes, the cliche is everybody has a camera in their pocket. Yeah, that's true. But the other side to it is now we're getting to see a lot of stuff that a lot of people would kind of rather we not see. You know. Well, I think I think where what this started about two thousand and eight, but. Um, old footage, like people have really ferreted out a lot of old footage. And like, I know on like PWO, they've, they've been trolling, um, like Asian versions of eBay and like finding handhelds of like new Japan stuff from the, the eighties. And like, just the, just the, just the, like the stuff that's come out this decade, like even something simple like the Chicago archive on YouTube that has like a full like hour long Luthez versus Vern Ganya match, like stuff like that, like has come out this decade. And that's just been crazy. Yeah. I remember, um, this is kind of a weird aside, but kind of uh, tangentially, tangentially related. I remember like a, like a year ago when you were talking about, it was the death of uh, was it Don Don Leo Jonathan? Jonathan? Yeah. The uh, he was what the, what is it called the the what, was he the Mormon giant? Was yeah, the there's something giant. weird like weird nickname? Yeah. Um, I remember you mentioned that, and then you just passively was like, oh yeah, there's like a bunch of <laughs> like of matches of his on YouTube, and uh, sure enough, I I did a quick search, and there were there were qu- there were several matches on of him, and it's like how this 
at this point, like a guy who only if you're really like a hardcore wrestling fan, this is a guy like from antiquity, essentially like his heyday was, I guess, like from the fifties to the seventies, like how would you even know to find this stuff? But there's tons of stuff online and that would have never happened back in the day. You would have had to be really knowledgeable about the guy and be going to a tape trader to scrounge up footage of him. No, but like, now, like a, a quick YouTube search, and I, I'm looking. I just did it right now. Like there's several matches, and even that I could just pull from right now. You still have to go to a tape trader for some stuff, but like, I. Well, yeah, obviously. I um, <clears throat> I think there's only one match, but I even asked um, Jeff Lynch. He found a Tor jo- a Tor Johnson match for me, and like, ah, uh, wow, and like I I downloaded this um all japan archive and this dude has like he has footage of ricky dozen as a um as a sumo wrestler in the 30s it's in really bad shape but it exists and then he has some clips of of the sharps versus ricky dozen and i don't remember the other guy's name from like the first ever like pro wrestling show in in japan like in the 40s wow and, I, I know that there are a lot of people that would look at it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 wrestling. But that, I mean, that the fact that someone has gone out and pieced out that kind of, pieced together that kind of historic stuff is just, you know, fascinating and amazing. And even like Doctor Who, I think they found, they made, they found a bunch of footage of lost Doctor Who episodes this decade. Oh wow! And like, okay. in just countries where they sent tapes to to like air it, they found. I think it was some weird country. They found like a bunch of episodes. <laughs> I haven't been much of a Whovian since a uh, a Who fangirl smacked me in the head with a sonic screwdriver. But uh, if you go that's back, still pretty if, if you go back and watch some of the old ones, like so, they have some where the audio survived because so what people did before like VHS was a thing, some people would record like the audio off of the TV. So mm-hmm. some of the really old ones that are lost are animated, but it has the original audio. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the only way it still exists that they know of. But they still they still do find episodes like as shocking as that is. That's pretty impressive. Um I was gonna kind of take a uh a, another tack on this in the, the availability of footage kind of thing. And and this may or may not be what what you meant whenever you put it in there, but I think I think it's a point worth discussing. Is we're on, <clears throat> we're in this phase now where with everyone in camera in my pocket, things that they didn't would rather we not see. What was the um, the the British show a while back where the ref had the liberties taken out on him? Oh yeah, uh, I don't remember those. Was that Rev Pro? Yeah, Rev Pro. Rev Pro, yeah. It was in Rev Pro, um, and it was that that one. <clears throat> pardon my terminology, but that uh, that chicken shit that decided to retire before he had to go have a match with Pete Dunne. Um, we wouldn't have known about this if it wasn't for fan footage. And that means that someone who's very much a scumbag is probably no, you know, probably not ever going to be welcome in the business again, which is a good thing. We, we need fewer of those things, those types of people hurting folks. We wouldn't have known about, um, I mean, hell, we just recently had 
an angle on TV about Randy Orton getting quote unquote hurt at a house show that was that was you know made the visual aspects of it were mainly through fan footage and fan pictures and that sort of thing which ended up playing out on on you know live TV <coughs> and we get the uh, you know things about injuries things that happen at house shows we also get the real picture because I know uh, a couple years ago when we were doing this we were talking about how frustrating it was to what we saw on our TV was a an edit of what was really going on for lack of a better way of putting it so you know killing crowd mics um, I went back not long ago and watched um, I watched AJ Styles debut at that rumble and then immediately after it I searched it on YouTube for fan footage and the amount of muting that goes on to the reaction for AJ Styles is staggering. You know what pisses but me now off about they that can't debut? Hide, they can't hide that stuff anymore. You know what pisses me off? You mean off? the fact that they left the camera on, on Roman's yes, face because, until it started Because different? they even released on their own, like on the WWE thing, like the the other camera angles and like the way they shot it without all the Roman Reigns reactions were so much better. Yeah. But it's all of a sudden, they can't hide behind editing things to make it look like they the way they want it to be anymore. It's, well, no, this is how it plays, and, and we're going to have to play it as it lies. <clears throat> Which I really, I really appreciate. I like, I, I like, you know, keeping folks honest about this kind of thing. Can, can I ask a um, question? Do you know, what year did Botchamania start? That started in the 2000s, I know, but like, when did that, yeah, when did that get that, big? That okay, hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some digging in my memory, which could be dangerous because there's some uh, there's probably some some CTE damage in there. Uh, if I remember correctly, I was in college, still an undergrad, so that had to be probably the first three. Matthew did not do, but after that, he picked up and ran with it, and I think I first encountered it in '03 or '04. Because I was gonna say, I think Botchamania predated. Um youtube didn't it i don't think it predated it but it was one of the early things of is that right oh god now i've got to look up how old is youtube youtube's like 2004 2005 yeah no uh no no youtube was activated 2005 so yeah it predated youtube (laughs) Because I think I think um, it took AVGN a long time to get on YouTube, but I think he like started almost like at the same time YouTube like became a thing. But I think he used to, because way back in the day, like if you wanted video online, like you would, you didn't go to YouTube for all that stuff. You went to stuff like College Humor or um, you'd go to websites for that stuff. Yeah. Wow, I haven't like, thought about going, that in a long time. You're you're going to Screw Attack, hoping that that because I mean, that's where AVGN stuff was. Yeah. And you're hunting for these places that have the video footage you want to see and and desperately trying to find the website and hope the site didn't get taken down. So, you know, it was it was much more of a Wild West panning for gold kind of era in terms of, of footage in general. Man, could you imagine thinking when you saw those for your first AVGN episode that he'd still be around in um 
in 2020 and getting like legitimate stars to to come on his show. Getting Macaulay Culkin to do the Home Alone series with him. He got Gilbert. <laughs> he got Gilbert Godfrey to do an episode. He did. Yes. Oh my god. And like I have this weird fascination with Gilbert Godfrey. Like I'm fascinated by the guy. I'm not exactly sure how his fame has worked, but and yet I'm, I'm still fascinated by by the fact that he, like, instead of being like kind of a niche comic, he's he's so well known. I'm, I'm he's probably Gilbert Gottfried's probably top five of my favorite Howard Stern guests of all time. Uh, that's fair. It's <clears throat> anyway. Uh, we're we're way off the point there. Uh, <laughs> but to uh, you know, we we get access to all this stuff now that we didn't have before, and you'd only hear rumors. You'd be like, you know, you hear that? Did you hear the rumor that they pipe in the Goldberg chance? You know, like, yeah, did you really? Because I'm not sure if they. But and then the uh, you know and. And that sort of stuff. And now it's just like, oh, no. No, no, no. Check this out. Here's the footage from the event. You hear how loud the crowd is? That's why. Um, and it's... it's Current and past footage is so much more readily available. It's it's fascinating, and it's changed. Yeah, the fan cams, so are, the fan cams are a really interesting experience. And they're so much better than they used to be, too, you know? I saw one on YouTube, like, a long time ago. It was Ivan Koloff beating Bruno for the um, WW... I don't know if it was three Ws at that time, but the WWF title. And that's the only way that that actually exists, is on that fan cam. Well, I mean, it used to be that fan cams were shaky and super grainy, and it's... You weren't exactly sure what you were looking at. You knew what was written on the label. Yeah. And now, you know, we've got, you know, 1080p cameras pointing at everything. It's Well, just on your phone, like, you can almost record like that. Yeah. So I think, I think another big change of this decade, that, and I think, it, I think it's a very understated impact that it's had on wrestling, but I would say the 2010s, like, where I really, one of the things that's outside of wrestling that I think was a big part of the 2010s is, I would say this is when the nerd culture boom happened. Mm, okay, yeah. I would say I that's when it really that. kind of like became a thing. I would say it started probably with like Iron Man and whenever Big Bang Theory started. I would say that Big Bang Theory was hopping on the wave as opposed to on, in front of it. But I would say I, I still take your point. I would say this is the decade that that really exploded into the mainstream. And and it really it's something it's something that really shocks me, and I, I think it's just because of the bubble. But it's something that Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez kind of don't see, and a lot of people don't see it. But I think a big part of the reason wrestling has changed so much this decade, and like there's been this indie renaissance, and like all these little indies getting hot, is because wrestling kind of unintentionally attached itself onto that nerd culture boom and kind of rode that into the renaissance we've seen on the indies. I have something I want to say on it, but it sounded like you were going to say something, Matt. So I want you to, I, I, well, I wasn't going to, I don't want to give, 
big bank there. Um, I think I do agree. Like nerd culture has really become a big thing since we're going with the decade, like going back 11 years to when Iron Man had like just come out in 2009. I think, I think this like overwhelming success of the Marvel movies did kind of help contribute to that. Um, and there is something about like nerd nerd culture becoming like a big thing because I think it's weird. I I have seen people articulate this kind of thing on um, on social media in a different way. Uh, it's usually it's like nerds who are more critical of um, of the fact that nerd culture has become a thing because they feel that people who are never nerds and or in fact people who we're kind of like negative towards nerd culture are now like, Oh yeah, I'm totally think, a nerd. I, I, I like, I like Iron Man. I think it's, it's like, the, well, yeah, you like the billion, like the billion dollar franchise. Okay. I think it's, I think it, and I, I, I don't fall into that, but I understand the frustration <laughs> of it does kind <laughs> of piss you off that that guy that gave you a hard time, like in high school for is now like, is now trying to wave their e penis around about how nerdy they are about the shit they used to like bother you, like make your life hell mm-hmm. about. Yeah, there's kind of uh, oh, it's like there's a possessiveness to it because like, oh, oh, you're a nerd. You're the a-hole that took, you know, my my Superman comics and flushed them down the commode at school. And now you're going to stand around proclaiming being a nerd. You're going to you know, you're going to go you're going to step into my yard. And there's that possessiveness. And, and it's unfortunate that that that's kind of popped up, but I, I'm, I'm trying to agree I, with you. Yeah. I have a hard time blaming someone for that because that isn't, that is a very natural reaction. Like when someone that you might have some animosity to like turns around, and does that like, it's very natural to be like, you know what, dude, like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to soapbox for just a second, but it's first of all, to go through all that sort of stuff and have this happen. First of all, you're vindicated. And then second, you're like, you piss on it, right? You piss on you, you know, for proclaiming this, like you just said. But the other thing is, I would probably argue that wrestling did not attach itself to the nerd boom. It was already there. Mm-hmm. Because part of this is it's drawing from the same kinds of people. We see these tied together, and my, the, my go-to for it, and if I've said it on the air before, I'll apologize for you rehearing it, but what we have are these things tied together because wrestling is as close to real-life, in-person comic book battles as you're ever going to see. You don't have, you know, you can see the movie, sure, but that's also different than sitting at ringside. My favorite example of this is a picture I took, or a picture that I saved, that is... AJ Styles doing a phenomenal forearm, springboarding off the top rope to Roman Reigns at ringside. And you see Roman looking up at him, and, and AJ's in the forearm pose midair, looking like freaking Superman, getting ready to land on him. And you look at that, and you go, <clears throat> there were people in the crowd that saw that live, and you would have a hard time convincing them that AJ Styles was not Superman to do that sort of thing. Bright costumes, the morality play of good versus evil, guys, you know, going knuckle to knuckle in order to sort out their stuff, you know, the the idealized physiques on everyone involved, 
Am I talking about wrestling or am I talking about comic books? The answer is yes. I think what, what I would, what I, what I see though is wrestling has been very resistant to that though. Especially, it has, yes. especially by the insiders. And I, I don't think Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer are, I, are, I think what they are just, they just simply ignorant of that connection because I think they lean too heavily into the sports side of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you, yeah, that's a good point. That's true. And I think, I think people that are in too deep don't look at it like that, but I think, <clears throat> I think that there's a lot to be said about how much that nerd culture boom benefited wrestling and i wish like i said i wish i wish like a lot of the old timers especially the ones that are benefiting from getting to do like the convention circuit and stuff like i wish i wish that they would stop being so resistant to to that yeah these are the people that are paying to see you now because they're fans of you now don't don't dump on your audience yeah and like i just listening to like um like Mark Henry talking about Orange Cassidy and stuff like that. Like, cause there was, there was a comment on Reddit about that, about how he was watching AEW and his mom came in and saw Orange Cassidy and stopped and watched it and said to him, I see why you find this entertaining now. And he said that she always thought it was hokey crap because of WWE. Like, yeah. I wish they would stop being so hesitant to things that are like outside, like that are kind of embracing that, that nerd culture a little more and being a little more meta and a little more. <clears throat> yeah. Like, yeah. Kayfabe's dead, but that, that gives you more freedom in a certain way. Well, you can have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Kayfabe is dead, but it's also not because people still go to matches and still buy into it. I mean, we just had our like year end awards where you know, we gave best match of the year to Cody versus Dustin, which was a match that you know they're not really fighting each other. They don't really yeah. hate each other. They're not really trying to like hurt each other, or make each other bleed. But that match told uh, an emotional <laughs> story, and you bought into it. So like, it's still there, but at the same time, part of nerd culture is also like it having fun, being meta, being like self-referential. Uh, like the, the Orange Cassidy gimmick, like that's a good example of it. Even like Joey Ryan, because Joey Ryan gets a ton of hate from people like Jim Cornette and everything like that. It's like Joey Ryan, everyone is in on the joke. Like they know he's going to go into the match. He's going to like, you know, do some shit. He's going to flip a guy with his dick. And then people are going to go home happy. And I understand if you want to make an argument where it's like that's maybe maybe some of the stuff he does occasionally could be a little raunchy for like kids. OK, you want to make that argument? That's fine. But just to like, oh, he's killing the bit. He's not killing the business because people are in on it. Because yeah. there's wrestling has enough. The nerd culture like intersection is enough that people know what they're getting. If they see Joey Ryan coming, like they know what they're going to get, and they're fu- they're fine with it. I mean, the guy has had probably more uh, more success in his career in the last like what five years than he ever had in the in all the years previous to that and that's like a dude who like you know started out in like pwg like he he'd been around yeah yeah i love that you brought brought these guys up because it you you know <clears throat> nerd culture loves being self-referential and it loves being metaphors for stuff mm-hmm. you know what what is kingdom come what is watchmen that sort of stuff <clears throat> so you even before the the boom took off. What was the NWO? The NWO was kind of like the late '90s personified. Well, you know, the the, the um, cool douche thing. 
Lo- they were meta after if you think about yeah. it at the time. Uh, there's there's a <laughs> you guys know him because you, you've you've dealt with him before, but loss on um from the old TSM days and he's on PWO now actually has like mm-hmm. this running theory that I wish he would like I need to get hit. I want to get him on the show one day so he can talk about it more, but his um his theory on WCW in the late nineties and like, well, the mid to late nineties is like, it's an Eric Bischoff WWF eighties fanfic (laughs) is I think what his like prevailing theory is. And it really works when you think about it in that way. Okay. That's, that's interesting. I hadn't ever considered that. And I was going to say too, Um, like with orange Cassidy, you can't watch that dark match where he gets the hot tag and that crowd literally is going batshit insane for everything he does and say <laughs> that there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Well, what is, what's the point of having a gimmick and going out there to get over orange Cassidy is over. Um, I was going to say, you know, orange cast you, Matt, you brought up some of the guys on my list. It illustrates orange Cassidy is a disaffected sense of humor. It's, Walking, disinterested sarcasm. It's a teenage attitude personified, you know? Uh, Joey Ryan is a walking dick joke. His look, too, is meta because he looks he looks like Ryan Gosling. He, and he dresses just like Ryan Gosling in the movie Drive. Uh, yeah. Although he wears, like, a jean jacket versus, like, a kind of, like, a really cool, like, bomber jacket. But, uh-huh. I mean, just th- that look, too, is, like... It is meta. It's it's a it's a callback. It's uh you know, it's I love it's uh, come it's pointing to something else in the culture that people are aware of. I, I people love reference humor. I, and the other great thing is people that have ordered merch from uh, Orange Cassidy says he just like crumples the shirt up and like throws it in the box. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say that. I love that joke so much. Um, the other guys I had on my list, uh. The New Day are a bunch of goofy geeks that can wrestle well. Aleister Black is a metalhead, right? Becky Lynch started out as kind of a semi-steampunk gimmick. Now she's a strong, independent woman, right? Bray Wyatt's a walking creepypasta. All of this stuff is reference and tie-in, and it, of course it works. And it, it fits in with all these different aspects because nerd culture is so multifaceted now. It's like there's more aspects to nerd culture than there are NFL teams. So, of course, it's going to be more complicated and it's going to be more nuanced. And there's going to be more to it than that. And, yeah, like you were saying, guys, there's, there's old timers bitching about it. It's like, guys, just rake in the money and enjoy it. That's what I don't get about the guys that do that. It's like you're probably making like three grand going to a convention over the weekend that 10 years ago you would probably might still have that convention but make like a fraction of that and you're going to complain about. Or even like – and I know some of those guys don't but like like let's say – I know he died but let's say you're like Dennis Stamp. Yeah. And like – you 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 probably got like a bunch of like autograph money out of that, and like no one gave a fuck who you were. But like suddenly, like you know, wrestling culture got hot, and then like you're a meme, so like people want to like meet you because you know. Yeah, they want to meet the meme. Yeah. Yeah, but I I completely agree with you. 
there's just there's so much if you just sit back and enjoy it for what it is. Because if you say, I don't enjoy the silly stuff, okay, that's fine. Don't watch it. If you say, I don't enjoy the stuff that takes it too, say, takes itself too seriously, okay, sit back, don't watch it. There's enough options. You don't have to do that now. And, you know, look, I'm pretty deep in on the nerd culture side. Um, <clears throat> you know what happens when there's stuff that I, you know, when it comes to Doctor Who, I just don't watch it. I just kind of bow out and say, that's not my thing. Y'all have fun. I, I understand. When it comes the to Doctor anime Who stuff, I'm like. Doctor, Doctor Who, there is so much of it. Um, the, you're, well, you know, it's you're going back like literally like 50 years of you're yeah. like 50 years of Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. Anime. I don't get it. But, you know, y'all have fun. Don't you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to criticize it. I don't know anything about it. I'm not looking to be involved. But, you know, just let's let's not <coughs> eat each other. You know, let's not have people eat each other figuratively over, you know, oh, you don't like what I like. There's something wrong with you. It's like. If we're all nerds having a good time here, is this necessary? No, just relax. Just have some fun. That's why conventions are so popular. In a weird way, I think it's probably like a testament to how we, and I mean this seriously, we live in literally the best time in the entire history of human existence. Uh, if you think about it, like relatively, if you everything with the advancement of technology uh, relatively stable societies, not every society, of course, but overall, like we have, it, there's never been a better time to be alive right now because you can mostly just get through your life. That doesn't mean that you're going to like not have problems. And obviously there's injustice, there's discrimination, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all qualifiers, but like you, this is the best time to be alive. So we actually have the time in America to be furious online yeah. about like <laughs> I don't like the thing that you li- I don't like the entertainment you like I want my entertainment but, it's yeah. like okay you can have that like we you can have that in everything else yeah but you were, like we're it's all, like you said people get so offended like I don't like that okay don't watch it we're, we're no only, <laughs> it's not enough we're only like the fourth generation of humanity that's like I mean in the United States like not everywhere but like. This is like only like the fourth generation that's actually like food secure in like developed nations. Literally like a hundred and fifty years ago, and that's me like stretching it out. Like there was overwhelming poverty and like I mean I mean like just dirt poor. You don't have you're you're scratching in the dirt trying to grow a potato yeah. or something to survive. And, like and that was most of humanity. And you used to and have in, to have in eight. the last like thirty years. Within the last like thirty years the the global um poverty rate has dramatically reduced. Yeah. So I mean we're and go ahead. And well like and just to really think about this and it's the greatest achievement humanity has ever ever accomplished. We conquered disease in in the last it was probably hundred and twenty years. I don't remember the exact year. But we conquered disease. Like, you don't have to have, you don't have to have eight kids anymore because to get two of them to survive. Like, your kids survive now, because because we've conquered like all these diseases that used to kill them. You just give them some vaccinations. Like, you don't get like they don't get like whooping cough anymore because you give them. Well, you can, but yeah. You know, but only if you don't like really if you don't get vaccinated. Like polio. Like, like I mean, we're we're. That's that's recent enough that you like my um 
my my wife's great aunt like is paralyzed because she got polio like it we don't we didn't have to worry about that like we didn't even have to worry yeah. about mumps the kids that are younger than us like, smallpox we we were we were the last generation of kids that had to worry about chickenpox yeah well and 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 you were talking about elimination of stuff we've pretty well eradicated smallpox yeah right like but like I'm, just to think like just to think of the things like we take for granted that used to be a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so and now we yeah, have. The, go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, like, the moral of the story is just everyone should just chill out, <laughs> chill out a little, chill and, out. even and enjoy even even violence in America. Like we're like we're honestly in like a golden age of violence if you look at crime rates. Uh, for, yeah, I, I mean, this is not. I'm not trying to like dive headfirst into a really like sensitive topic, but I know there's whenever there's like a shooting, like a, a massive gun shooting, which they do happen. Um, that obviously like they, it's all over the news, but um, and this isn't me trying to like make a pro or anti-gun argument. I'm just saying, uh, if you actually look at overall crime statistics or gun violence statistics. They've like dramatically dropped over time. Like we have this impression because the shootings can happen quite frequently. There's there's obviously several that happened the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not touching that side. That's like a third rail. But I'm just saying, yeah. like overall, it's actually gotten better. Like you you don't think that it has because these awful events happen. But overall, as a society, like you're right. Like we have we hit about been slowly like getting better and better. We hit about 1991, and it just started to like go down. Yeah, it's it's funny. There's the the most prevailing theory I'm aware of is the fact that we took lead out of gasoline, and and by taking that out of the air, that's that's been the big contributor in a lot of this. My you know my, pers- kind of- <laughs> my personal theory is um, if you look at the rates and when it really started going down is when video games became a. Um, became more heavily adopted and like that's when the nes really caught on and you're getting your new um you're getting your new your new like 16-bit stuff it just people have a more constructive outlet for those urges that might cause them to... they've got something to do yes and it gives them well it gives them an outlet though for those urges so instead of instead of maybe going out and committing crimes, they play video games and get that out of their system. Like that's always been like a theory I've had about it. So wrestling, right? <laughs> it, it, the, the last thing I was going to say is it, we're in a time now when the prevailing joke, at least for me is it's an, um, XKCD. I'm sure I've said that in the wrong order. Comic. It's like, are you coming to bed? No. Why not? Someone is wrong on the internet. We're at a time when that's that's what we're throwing a lot of energy into, and it's like, could we could we just sit back and enjoy what we have and have some fun and like relax and be like, you you enjoy your thing, I'm gonna enjoy mine, and we can we can all delight in the fact that we're able to enjoy this. That's what people. That's something people don't get, though, is like when they get upset about Dave Meltzer or like even stuff like William Shatner does, like some of the more inflammatory things they post, like, don't they know like what what they're doing? I'm like, yes, they know, because 
with social media, like five seconds of of work can get you hours of laughs if you know what buttons to push. <laughs> yeah. And like these people get upset and I'm like like it's just a couple like sometimes it is just old men like just stirring the pot and laughing at like at like the ants scurrying about like that's because people do that with Belter. I'm like, he probably just did that because he was bored and wanted to laugh at people. But, or it's getting, it's getting, you're, you're giving them free advertising basically. Well, I know, I know William, Sh- get fired. William Shatner loves to troll people on Twitter. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. That just seems a very Shatner thing to do. Yeah, he's pushing like ninety, I think. He's definitely in his eighties. I don't think he cares anymore. He just he don't he's care. gonna have fun. He's gonna have fun while he can. Yeah. He he don't he don't care. Ooh, man. We got into some deep dive stuff there for a minute, didn't we? Also, we did, and I love how um also, Chad, I love how you're like you gave this in impassioned speech about how like we should just all enjoy what we want to enjoy. Um, I will 100% bitch about WWE <laughs> at some point in the near future, yeah, I'm sure. My problem, though, about WWE <laughs> and why I bitch so much about it is I don't enjoy it anymore. That's why I don't watch it anymore. I, I've I, dramatically decreased my watching of it. I, I have, too. But to be honest, I say that, and it's like, why don't we enjoy what we enjoy? The thing that frustrates me and will get me complaining very quickly is that there's so much potential for it to be so good. Yeah, that's why I get frustrated with yeah. it because it's like it's not very good in my opinion, and it there's no reason why it it should be bad. It it could be so much better, yeah. and that's what I was hoping to see is something that would be so much better instead of what we got. Well, we had this conversation. This was a couple weeks ago, so we we kind of went on break for the holidays and like recorded out a bit. But Matt and Chad and I had this conversation about people that sign with WWE now and. And Shad never commented, but Matt and I kind of agreed back and forth that we kind of are starting to lose sympathy for people that go there and become unhappy with how they're being used. And Matt and I kind of said, like, you can't really be surprised at this point that WWE is going to misuse you because they misuse everyone. Yeah, that that specifically came up in the last week when they had the, the Lana Rusev angle where um they were getting married uh but at some point during it they they did the old line like you know is anyone uh anyone object oh yeah, yeah that's what brought it about. okay yeah and then Liv live morgan who uh was being repackaged came out and then she re- she objects to the marriage and it's revealed uh that she's been having an affair with with lana and that's why she objected so i guess she's supposed to be there i guess they're supposed to be gay or bisexual or pansexual or whatever and like the that night or the next day on twitter like sonia deville who actually is uh homosexual was kind of upset about it she didn't really elaborate too much because you know she's smart enough not to really push buttons within the company but yeah, she was upset about it as she should be because I mean she's someone who is homosexual has even been styled when they remember to do it um, as kind of like a role model for mm-hmm. members of the LGBTQ community. She's on uh, I think she's on Total Divas now, where I mean the the fact that she's lesbian and has a girlfriend is like a focus a focal point of the show. And then here you are WWE is having uh, having a I guess a bisexual 
angle, and yeah. it's played for laughs, kind of. Um, I'm gonna, but be it's honest, also like I, I feel bad for her. I really, and I do feel, I do feel legitimately bad for her because it's like, what really, what storyline angles are they giving to Sony Deville? Yeah, they kind of have thrown her on this like fake reality show. Um, but it's also like, well, what do you expect? Like, you're dealing with a 74 year old man, a Vince McMahon who finds lesbians interesting or funny so i, I do have to disagree and, with you and paul Heyman. oh yeah i have to disagree with one thing about that like if i was sonia deville and they weren't using me and just threw me on total divas i'll take the paycheck to not get hit in the head any day of the week uh, i guess that's it's, true it's funny i was listening earlier today i was listening to um uh i was driving for work and i listened to rhino beyond um jericho's podcast and rhino was talking about it, i was like you know, I could sit at home for a while, but then I'm not doing anything. And then I get bored and I get unhappy. I want to be working. I want to be doing stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's an interesting point. The other thing I was going to say is um, my wife sent me an article about the – it was about how long Rusev was hiding in the cake for the whole thing. Spoilers. Um, and I said, oh, yeah, I've seen that segment. And she goes, what did you think? I said – I can't decide if it's awful or if it is so awful it comes around it, it circles back around to being hilariously awesome in how bad it is because I laughed my nuts off through that entire thing watching it. I still don't know if it's because it was actually funny or if it was because it was so awful it made it just tickle that much. My my wife I'm texted part- me about that and I said how bad do you have to be at your job to not realize there's a 260-pound man hiding in the cake you're handling? <clears throat> Bobby Lashley's face whenever Liv Morgan comes out, comes out, and she's doing the she's doing the whole thing. Bobby Lashley's face, he's standing there, not moving, like not moving a muscle, but his eyes are going back and forth, like he's in an old Bugs Bunny cartoon. Had <laughs> me just dying in my chair. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. You were going to say something. I'm part of um, a group that's kind of like linked through the Observer. And uh, there's a couple guys I feel always really like take AEW to task for mm-hmm. every small little misstep that they do. Um, and they kind of, I feel, give the WWE more of a pass. Yeah. And one of them was really like talking about how, because I, I thought, I, I mean, I didn't like, I'm not in the uh, so bad it's good. Okay. Or so bad it's funny. Camp, I'm more than this is awful. Like this, this is one of those things that kind of makes me embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Like I, if, if the the proverbial like if a family member walked in while this was on, I would just be like, I'm sorry. Like yeah, this is not. But it usually is so like, quick. Yeah, but they're they're kind of like, oh, it was great. It was so funny. Uh, and then it's like, well, this is terrible. Like this is awful. Like this is why they've lost like half their audience in the last few years. And then they go, well, you know, it trended a lot on YouTube. It's like, well, I mean, I guess. They don't make any money off of YouTube though. Exactly. It's like, is this the only metric we should care about? Like, Oh, it got, it got some eyes. Yeah. It's like when people, if you're not going to monetize it. Yeah. Embarrassing stuff gets eyes. That's what Botchamania is built on. But that people always fall into that trap. Like, well, well that's, (laughs) that's like a work shoot to, yeah. Like, because they're they're building an angle like great like the best kind of angle the kind that doesn't make any money. Yeah. 
look, I don't. The thing is, I can't have any shame anymore about it's like, oh, this is so bad, it's embarrassing. I've been in the ring doing this stuff. I really don't have anything left to hide behind anymore. You know, when when you've done the spot where where a guy in scrubs and a mask with a rubber glove is threatening to stick a finger up your butt, where you know what what do I have to hide behind anymore when it comes to that kind of dignity? So I, that's probably why I'm in a different camp than you are, man. I feel like you just revealed a lot about your life unintentionally, there, Shad. No, that was that was a spot in a wrestling match with the Malibu Medics. They would get they would they would one of them would like wrap your arms around the ring post and the other would pull the rubber glove out of the tights. Did they do and act like he would give you the oil check? Did they make sure to do the old like snap of the glove when they're putting it on? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll have to see if I can find footage somewhere for you That's, guys. It's the the glove snap makes the gimmick there. Yes, it absolutely does. I feel that to be really like true to the gimmick they're gonna have to pay it off at some point <laughs> they, they did just... they did oh, not, not with me but th- well it, it wasn't like a, a tights down pay off the gimmick kind of thing did... but it was a hand comes back hand goes up guy jumps in the air and screams and whips around it's like don't ever violate me like that again you know kind of thing i would just if i was doing that gimmick i would just get by the biggest vat of vaseline i could find and like bring that down to the ring with me just to you know have it just to have it there on the ring apron for the whole match just the threat sitting there yes. glaring at you right now but that's what i mean is i'm, I'm in a place where it's like I, I can't beg off on that that's that's i'm 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 so far beyond that point i can't <laughs> I just have to sit and laugh for what it is. So for for the the last thing I kind of want to talk about, cause we, so we, what we did is we split this into two kind of um, two concepts because we're going to do this as a two parter. We're going to get like a little deeper into like the wrestling side of things next episode, but this is more the fan experience. So we're going to do one last topic before going off for the night, and I feel like this could be. On either side of it, but I feel like this has actually had a big impact on the the, the fan experience side of it. But I want to throw in the the CTE and like concussion um, mm. awareness in this episode because I feel like I feel like that really started with um, the Benoit stuff, but maybe a little before that. But I feel like this decade is where it really kind of started to hit home, where people became upset with like obvious like unprotected unprotected chair shots and things like that right that's a good point go ahead man i'm sorry i'm i'm looking i'm sorry yeah i was like interjecting and and when you were talking um it it's totally changing for me like i mean back i grew up with you know the 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 birth and uh career of like ecw and just seeing all, just seeing like you know, for example, like Masa Tanaka, oh, either God. eating like a million chair shots or giving a million chair shots, yeah. Uh, and then you know everything that kind of happened with the explosion of hardcore wrestling, and into like the the aughts, the early two thousands, when you had like CZW or IWA Mid South and just crazy death matches and things. There's still death matches, obviously, but uh, and they still do, people still do stupid things that. I really have changed because back in the day I would watch it. It wasn't my cup of tea really, but I would watch it because I, I loved all things wrestling. Yeah. But now, uh, if I see 
through an old match or God help me, like a, a newer match, something like an unprotected headshot or like a chair shot, I it it legit bothers me. Like I think I'm, about how um, how the reaction was to the Sean Spears chair shot. It, it was yeah, people really got hot, and that was that was like a gimmicked shot, like a, a gimmicked chair that. Unfortunately, the way it, it worked out, it cut, it did cut Cody pretty bad. But yeah, yeah, people were people were legit hot about that, and yep. I I can't say that they were wrong. Like that, we're in an era where like we know what that does to people. Mm-hmm. We're, I'm, well, I take that back. We we suspect because the the, the science is still like developing. Mm-hmm. But it's I mean, people can have literally lifelong horrific side effects from from neuro like neuro like neurological injuries such as concussion even one concussion i mean how two three years daniel bryan was on the shelf yeah before he was able to come back yeah um i i still think he shouldn't have come back personally but you know whatever i went i went and did some looking and um you were (laughs) right at the the benoit thing and and like that happened in 07 and Nowinski founded the Concussion Legacy Foundation in 07 as well. But it was this year when it really people actually started taking it seriously. Um and and that's you know that's where's my notes at? Let me Well, I think it kind of fed in from I think um I think football and hockey is kind of where we started to really kind of see that the first seeds, even though the NFL are being absolute scumbags about CTE right now, but they absolutely are. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, you had the junior say situation. Um, yeah. Uh, who was the other big one? There was another, I feel like there was, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like there was an incident that really like hit that CTE thing home, but I don't remember who it was. Oh man! Most more recently? No, this was. We're probably talking like 2009, 2010, 2011. But I don't remember anymore. Oh. I wish. Oh God, I can't think of it. Like the Junior Sale thing was a big one. Yeah, but I don't feel I like think he you're was right. The I think f- there's another one. Yeah. Like, they went back and tied it in with his concussion stuff after the fact, but it wasn't there at the time. No, but I feel like he, there was one before him, I feel like. Ah, <sighs> oh, I have nothing constructive right now. Yeah, I don't either. But I feel like, I feel like the awareness has really changed, um... I feel like 2009, like, is about where... You kind of started hearing about the CTE stuff. Mm-hmm. And it started being taken seriously. Yeah. Because um, that was an uphill climb for, you know, like, Nowinski and stuff for a while. As people are like, ah, you know, they're just concussions. And, and you know, folks didn't take it seriously for a while. But, um, let me see. They, well, to be real honest with you. Knowing what what they have discovered so far, that the thought that CTE probably starts somewhere around four or so, depending on the person, and it can vary because like one can be enough to severely jack you up, but on average, I think around four 
is is kind of the point where they're looking at it going uh no 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 you probably ought to probably ought to knock it off now um was a role in ending my career because uh, i was at at three and my neck issues and it was kind of a and that's when my doc why my doctor was like you're you're done if, if you don't hang it up i'm having your license canceled because of all of this stuff and you know i, I can't really argue with it and i'm, I'm <laughs> glad it's there <clears throat> because if people are starting to take it seriously you know we're getting better treatment for it and better awareness of what it does to people yeah because like in the 90s and stuff that was just you know you know we knew what getting a concussion was but they you know you just took a couple games off and came back yeah walk it off you pussy and i don't even think i don't even think wrestling had um any protocols for it until when did they really develop their protocols do you remember I'm going to be honest with you. I would probably say it, it had to do with Daniel Bryan stuff. But I, <clears throat> That's the first time it sticks out in my head. Because I actually feel like for all I trash on WWE, <coughs> they seem to take the concussion thing. Well, they've, they've had some bad incidences yeah. lately um, in the ring. But I feel, like, I feel like the aftercare once it happens is pretty good with WWE now. But they did have... They had two bad instances in the last year where it got botched, where they didn't catch it in the ring. Because there was, um, there was Sane, and then... Yeah. Was it Liv Morgan earlier this year, or was it Sarah Logan that obviously got... Liv Morgan did have a concussion. Maybe that was... That might have been in 2018. I might be thinking about when one of the Bellas KO'd, I think, Logan. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was. I uh, know that was Liv Morgan. Okay, so that might because she little... kicked her right in the right in her damn face. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. yeah, but yeah. I feel like I feel like like I said, like Matt said, like there's some, especially like ECW is really hard to go back to because I think we oh, might yeah. have even commented on that when we reviewed November to Remember. Yeah, that it's we did talk about it, just how hard it was to watch that happen, knowing what we know now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just make you know. Just makes you cringe. Yep. So, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna come back next week and we're gonna some of the topics we're gonna be tackling there is kind of the rise <laughs> of New Japan and NXT. I think we're gonna talk about kind of the failure of WWE to create a new star in this decade, which I think would primarily be Roman Reigns, and I think we'll probably touch on kind of Daniel Bryan a bit because his his big run was this decade previously so that's kind of some of the stuff we have in store for the next episode all right so that's been part one of the four corners decade retrospective we want to thank you all for joining us tune in next week and uh hit us up on social media do you think we've got good points about what we've hit so far what are you looking forward to hearing next time this is shad with matt and brad and we'll catch you on the next one